1: Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. This is your host, Susan Lewis-Simmons, with, I don't know who you are today.
0: We'll just go with Motor Tom.
1: Motor Tom, please. <laughs> God. Retired Motor Tom. Uh, okay, that's true. You don't even own a
0: motorcycle. I Well, talk to my wife. Well, I,
1: But you don't own one, so why are we calling you Motor Tom?
0: Because... We, well, once a motor always a motor ask any motor out there
1: yeah yeah, no lie (laughs) that's why your stuff's in the bathroom here in the traffic bureau at under the shield (laughs) it's a
0: fitting place a lot of motors are full of it (laughs) absolutely
1: excessively full of it from many many perspectives that's for sure but anyway we haven't really been any place exciting I mean we were in good year yesterday teaching and I don't know where we were last week. We weren't anywhere last week. No, last week we didn't have to go anywhere. No, but we're fixing to hit the road again. We will be in Laughlin. the I guess it's the Las Vegas of lower Nevada, almost Arizona.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never been. (laughs) I've heard good and bad about it,
1: it. Yeah, only one night at the Arizona... Chiefs of Police Conference. So look out, Chiefs.
0: we yeah, coming we're, your yeah, way. Yeah, we're coming. <laughs> we're going to be hanging
1: out in the hospitality room. Don't mind the cameras. It's all good. We won't use anything against anybody much. That's right. <laughs> Unless I have to. <laughs> At least I'm giving you a heads up. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. And then the whole next week we're in San Diego oh, yeah. and Yuma yeah. teaching the amazing warriors and heroes of the border patrol that's right one of our favorite groups to go back to we've been with them now several times and um, what an honor it is to go back down there and see how we can help we're here in packed classes in san diego and i think yuma will be also
0: oh i'm sure it will be
1: it's always a fun time with them but today we have uh, kind of one of our favorites because he's got a dog with him, <laughs> That's a, right. a German Shepherd. I'm a little biased to German Shepherds. Yeah,
0: I am too now.
1: I should have brought Heidi in here. She should have come and, no, she'd have barked the whole yeah. time. She'd have been stroking <laughs> out. She's so rotten. Um, but
0: anyway, uh, you actually and Tracy found this guest for us. So. Yeah, Tracy was online and I don't remember what. As was a cop-related site that she was on, and she saw a picture of Joker. Love that all, name. You know, had the cone on, had a feeding tube down his oh, nose. That's not good. And oh, And it was yeah. not looking good at all. And so yeah. Tracy read the story, and she's like, hm, we need to reach out. So she reached out, and we got in touch with Joker's handler, uh-huh. who is uh, Deputy Eduardo Choate, from tennessee from bradley county
1: oh my my part of the world god's yes, country god's country <laughs> the south the real south people out here don't understand that talk of the south they'll tell me they're from yuma or somewhere on the border and i'm that ain't the south people.
0: now
2: now uh, re- they gotta come here in the mountains That's <laughs>
0: i'm sorry eduardo but your your accent just does not sound like from the south
2: yeah i know i know so that that that's because like i said earlier uh, I, i happened to grow up in in brazil my family moved there from texas when i was two years old so i picked up this portuguese accent and now it's turning to a portuguese uh southern accent
0: there you go are you at least from the southern part of portugal or brazil
2: yeah, over, yes, yes, Sao Paulo, big big city, but I I was a, a urban boy, a city boy. Okay. So,
1: yeah. G- give us your best, y'all.
2: Y'all, over <laughs> yonder. I'm tired. I don't know if I'm talking about the car tire or I'm tired. I don't know. They're both the same here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm going to send Eduardo a really good book I have called How to Speak Southern. I've got three or four copies of it. I'm going to send one to him so he can learn what his wife's talking about because she's from Alabama. Hey, I
2: don't know what she says Yeah, <laughs> half of the time.
1: Is she, yeah. is she at least a Roll Tide fan?
2: Yep. Hallelujah. Exactly. Oh, we're family. Exactly. We're family. My house, right now, my house, you don't want to come to my house on game day.
0: Yeah. That's how it is at Susan's house. Is it? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. bad. It's
2: the whole family. If you don't have a shirt, you're not allowed <laughs> in. It's kind of like that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Every tag in front of the car has to be a roll-tie tag, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: smart lady you guys I, are hardcore fans that's for sure absolutely
2: yeah. and the dog got outfits you know how it is <laughs> they paint the nails by going there the dog got roll type nails I'm like what is happening
0: yes <laughs> Susan always puts a, at least a scarf on Heidi her dog and you know it's, yeah, that,
2: that, that's the south for you
0: yeah. yeah
1: but see what Tom doesn't know because he he isn't he isn't in the in crowd um, <laughs> no. Heidi year round wears a houndstooth collar that's true.
0: I,
2: really? Yes,
1: That's, and the houndstooth collar, you know, is a Bear Bryant thing, because he wore the yes, hat that was houndstooth. Yeah, so, she so has,
2: you do it ear-round.
1: Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. the collar. Just the collar. And then <laughs> wow. she wears the Alabama scarf thing, bandana, only on game day, though. Only on yeah. game day.
2: <laughs> so, well, my wife's a nurse, so on game day, she'll wear, like, like nurse outfit, roll tight.
1: Uh-huh. I mean,
2: yeah. is that. So, yeah, I into everything
1: well she'll love this story um i actually told a client who was kind of in crisis who called me on new year's eve he's now one of our stress coaches down the border but uh, he was somewhat in crisis and he called me new year's eve morning and wanted to come up bring his wife and the um co-host before tom was a chandler police officer who was killed in the line of duty and he was there with me and so i told this deputy i said you can come tomorrow new year's day but you will be gone by one o'clock because it's national championship day and alabama's <laughs> oh, yeah. playing No. so they came early it spent been about four hours he kept watching his watch the whole the whole time he's there i said matt stop i got the alarm set you will be gone at one o'clock <laughs> understood <laughs>
2: Yeah, my father-in-law has not taken one day off from work. You know, they're real proud. Like twenty-five years, I don't have a sick day until his game day. Yes, he'll call in sick. I don't feel good. You know how it is.
1: It's that roll tide cough, the chat? Oh, it is. Well, tell your tell your wife she's a good woman. Is all I can uh, say. And no. roll tide. Huh? All right, Joker, you're gonna have to get in here. We're gonna have to make him bark or do something.
2: Joker. <laughs> you want to the I'll give you another tree downhill. He won't bark. You hear him eating. That's about it. That's about the, I know. I know he's my boy.
0: He's,
1: <laughs> for the audience, he is. He is a good-looking shepherd. He's got that gray hair around the mouth like Heidi yeah. has. And so, tell us a little bit about your story.
2: So, uh, you want my background? Or sure. What you want? To, to, okay. So, um, I um, like I said, I, I grew up in Brazil. My my grandfather. From my dad's side of the family, my grandfather was a a Marine and during World War II, he uh, ended up in Brazil. He was going to Japan, he ended up in Brazil at a port. And my grandmother, his wife, eventually a few years later was fleeing the Germans from uh, Lithuania. And they met at the port right there in the forties. And uh, he said, I'll be back for you when the war is over. So when the war was over, he came back and found her in Brazil, they got married, had four boys, my dad included. And then my mother's side of the family, they are all Italian. They were fleeing the Germans, end up in Brazil, also in the 40s. So nobody's from Brazil, but everybody end up in Brazil. (laughs) And that's how my mom and my dad met and moved to the U.S. a few years later because my grandfather is American citizen, and they lived there many years. And I was born, and they decided, let's go back to Brazil. And that's where I grew up. I had my education in Brazil. But in 1996, I decided... I always wanted to be a police officer. And I think it was a Mel Gibson lethal weapon. I love Mel Gibson. I'm like, man, I want to be like that guy. And I I came to visit one time in 92. I came to visit and I ended up actually in Bradley County. And I remember seeing a woman, which is very unusual, police officer driving a patrol car by herself. And I thought how unusual that is. In Brazil, they go four in a car. They're all armed, you know, third world country. Crime was bad at the time. And I thought, unbelievable that a woman, she she must be really bad, because for her kids, <laughs> I thought, you know what, I wanna come back. And so in 1996, I came back to Bradley County, uh, joining Cleveland State Community College here, which is a college in town that offers different courses. But I didn't know that they had a police academy at the Cleveland State Police uh, uh, um, um, Community College. They actually do all the police academy for this area. Uh, I immediately switched, I'm like "Ah, I don't know about this whole computer programming and making $200 an hour, I don't know about that, Ah, this police officer thing. So I ended up joining that and met several friends that I have till this day and I thought I'm gonna go with this and that's how I got in law enforcement and very first two years that I was in, um, I met uh, one of our officers that was notorious in the area for doing drug and addiction And that kind of stuff and i thought wow this would be amazing to be able to do canine and swat and be a detective a drug detective you know the dream of every cop you know (laughs) i'm gonna be on swat i'm gonna have a dog and i'm gonna be a detective well within two years i was able to do the dog and the drug detective and they put me on i-75 because i had spanish as a background and portuguese so next thing i know i'm on i-75 just stopping cars. They're coming from Arizona, from Texas, huh. from the border, from New York. And next thing I know, I'm getting five kilos of cocaine, 20,000 methamphetamine, a million dollar traffic stopping currency, and that kind of stuff. So I started building myself a name within that interdiction world and just went from there. I, I love that I've done it for five, six years and I heard about a contract in Afghanistan after 9-11 where they were looking for people with different skills mm-hmm. to go work overseas in Afghanistan for um, the State Department. So I ended up applying for that position, ended up getting the job, and they sent me to Afghanistan for four years, and I was near the border of Pakistan. I was there searching cars and doing pretty much drug in addition on the side of the road on on Highway 1, just outside Pakistan, Afghanistan, um, looking for heroin and explosives that kind of stuff that they use from pakistan to afghanistan so i spent four years there and then i came back to the sheriff's office and i've been here ever since uh 14 years now without a break working here at the sheriff's office and again i went straight back to wanting a dog and now we've been on swat for about eight years so that's what i've been doing but always in the patrol side of the house since i i came back from the detective i really enjoyed this side of the house it seems like a lot of officers my age, I'm in my 40s now, seems like a lot of them return to patrol. You know, that's where it's, it's always something happening. You get a little bit too one-sided if you're doing property crimes or if you're even doing right. drugs or that kind of stuff, you end up on patrol and it's kind of refreshing. You can drive around, you go to different calls, you meet people and, and that's what I've been doing. But I thought I'm still gonna be out there and I'm gonna be proactive and do things. So since I got Joker, <laughs> I mean, it has been nonstop. We're constantly doing something, trying to find someone, warrants, helping the drug unit, different agencies, such as the Tennessee Highway Patrol and the surrounding counties and cities use us for a lot of their uh, incidents. So uh, I get to do a lot of work. And, you know, that's when um, last year we had an incident with Joe. And I can tell you about it if you want me So I don't want to. Keep on talking because I'll talk forever.
1: (laughs) Well, I wanted to ask you, did you, have you had any, I don't know that he's still teaching, um, but did you get any of the interdiction training from Eddie Ingram?
2: Do you remember that name? No, I I remember Robbie Bishop, Okay. which was NCA. Yeah. So NCA was a big uh, uh, um, uh, uh, sponsor for interdiction because Robbie Bishop was, you know, one of the first people out in Georgia that was doing it. And he was killed in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. And his videos, he used to post videos on how he found the compartments and that kind of stuff. And I was I was in awe with that. I was like, that is amazing that he can look at a screw under a seat and like, oh, this screw has been removed so many times. There's probably something here <laughs> there's a void and that kind of stuff. So I started going through all his schools that his wife and I think was his best friend. I believe that actually he's his wife actually ended up marrying his yes. best friend a few years after he passed. And I went to so many of those schools all over the country, following them every year as they did, had seminars and that kind of stuff. And But I, I the name's so familiar, but I, I I can't put a face with it right now.
1: Yeah, he's he's pretty famous the last time, or infamous, I should say. <laughs> um, he's out of Alabama, or was. I, I We probably need okay. to get him on the show. But the last training I went to with him that I did a section on was there in Dahlonega, Georgia which is kind of up near the Chattanooga, Tennessee line. And uh, I remember driving back to Birmingham and I'm doing interdiction work, wanting to pull somebody over so bad because I'm seeing everything Eddie talked about. I'm calling uh, him, going, Hey, Eddie, how do I get away with this? Because I'm seeing this truck and I'm telling you, there's drugs on this truck. He's like, Susan, that's it. Don't even start that. <laughs> goes,
2: yeah, he, you get paranoid doing that job. Well, I'll be driving to Walmart. I'm thinking, Oh, that'd be a good stop. Well, it's I a know. game. It's a game. It's addicting. It's addicting. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and see, I. I was married to DEA for twenty, and oh, so wow. I had the early years of all of that. But yeah, wow. it was it. It's a game, it, you know. Forget this. What license plate is that? Exactly. You know, who's got dope?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think the best thing about it that I found out over those years is very self rewarding. You're sitting there for hours, and you know, in my case, I remember I counted several days. I wanted to kind of have an idea. A thousand cars come by in about an hour. And I'm watching at the, you know, how a person is reacting every time they see me. I try to be very visible. I want them to see me and see how their behavior changed. And we went through several classes about behavior and the truth and lying and deception and uh, interview interrogation from the FBI. It's an amazing class. Yes. You learn so much on how a person stands and their body language and that kind of stuff, even the way they look to the left or to the right, if they're lying and that kind of stuff. So, anyhow, that was my favorite thing. You sit there and you interview a person, you interview mm-hmm. the passenger, you separate them. And then you're like, oh, I caught them in a lie. Totality of events, the tag where they're coming from, what the vehicle looks like, who rented it, all that kind of stuff. And I see, you know, you got a huge load. You yeah. end up in federal court and that kind of stuff. And you have a great case. That money becomes... You know, part of the sheriff's office in the sense that you seize it after 180 days. They usually won't fight you over it because oh, yeah. they don't want to you know, <laughs> incriminate themselves even more. It's my dope money. <laughs> and we were able to do wonderful things for us, including... Yes. Um, uh, buying like a command post for us. We bought a surveillance van. we bought 16 SRO cars for our school resource officers. We bought eight detective cars because at one point we had like $4 million from doing traffic stops on I-75 back, you know, early 2000. So yeah. it's a great program. If you got a huge interstate coming by, it's just unbelievable. I love doing it, but as with anything, you do that for so long it kind of is one-sided and that's all you do and i think that's why a lot of people like i said end up back on patrol and and end up loving it like i am i'm enjoying it to be honest with you
1: yeah i used to like to to play the games with the Alabama troopers that I knew were running interdiction, <laughs> I was hoping they'd pull me over and doggone, they knew it was me every time. So I never got to play. I just wanted to act suspicious and see if they, and they're, they they'd there, call. They know
2: the cars what time they come by and all oh, that yeah. stuff. They know you. They know you. And they'd call
1: and they'd go, nice try, Susan. And I'd go, dang it. Come on, I just want to get stopped one time and y'all accuse me of running drugs. Just once.
0: They're
1: like, nah, it ain't happening. <laughs> so tell us the story about joker how you got him how long you've had him what all i love the story you were telling us before we started the interview about how he doesn't bark and i'm having so, visions of y'all yeah, coming so, up on swat know, things sneaking up and yeah. some bad guy turn around and going oh shit
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's a dog <laughs> so our department decided to go back many many years ago maybe 20 years ago before i had a canine the department stopped using all-purpose dogs the apprehension dog the tracking dog they would only use uh, uh narcotics dogs and that's what i was used during the interstate for all those years well then they decided you know what with times and the things that's happening and that kind of stuff we're going to try out getting an all-purpose dog and i was like that is amazing i always wanted to have our all-purpose dog. so they sent us to a place called cobra canine it's just uh south of knoxville and the gentleman doing it uh jeff franklin i believe he just got Uh, awarded the contract for the State Department. He does all the Navy SEAL 6 teams and their dogs. So he does that kind of stuff. So he's been in the business for a long time. I think he was initially started with like Vaughn Lake. Yes. Somewhere like that. And then he ended up doing his own thing. But I went to him and we told him what he wanted and got there. And he showed me a bunch of dogs. And then he brought Joker as, you know, just showing like probably 20 dogs or so and i love that dog immediately because he didn't care about me he didn't care about him he didn't care about nothing else other than the search and finding that source of odor and once he found it on his own nobody even told him anything i mean he's alert and the way that he was i was like whoa but he had a growth on his back paw and He, he he even dismissed. They said, ah, you know, you got out this dog and this dog. And I'm like, no, I mean, I do drug dogs for a long time. I know when a dog has the drive, that dog has the drive. (laughs) Well, if something happens, you know, if you really want this dog, maybe we can fix his all later on. Anyhow, long story. I end up getting Joker, bring him home. And immediately I realized this dog, you know, when he was in country, maybe two weeks when I got him, he came from Holland and, uh, I've probably never seen slick floors or a swimming pool or kids or anything, you know. So you could tell he's there, there was an adaptation with him. But he already came with the name Joker. And I realize why. I mean, he's just a goofball. This dog's a goofball. But the minute that you command him to do something, he switches, which, you know, is not very likely in the dog world that you have a dog that sometimes can go from... Being aggressive and, and and very dominant to suddenly being passive and being a pet type. And that's what he did. He completely changed his behavior at home. And then when I would put him to work and I was like, wow, this dog is going to be great. So as with anything, he's a rookie officer. So am I when it comes to patrol uh, dog, all purpose dog. There's that learning curve. And we started, you know, working. And it was about six months before I felt comfortable with him to where we would deploy on on calls, on tracks. and. I realized immediately that I never had a bond with an animal, even the other three dogs I had, like I had with him, because when you're on a track, I'm very dependent on him, but he's also dependent on me because I have a leash on him. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can't go across certain areas because of a tree or an object or a fence or something like that. So he would let me know that we're off track. Wow. He would turn around and it, 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 it was a cooperation that I never understood until then, that maybe goes back hundreds of years with man and dog or wolf, whatever (laughs) it was back then, that I never had before. I was like, wow, this dog is actually helping me, but he's asking for my help. And I was like, okay, so you want to get there? Let me bring you here and Presented again, it's like that's he would look back and approve what I was doing. I never <laughs> had this before. And next thing I know,
0: good job, Gordo. I mean, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. and I, I'm, I I'm, I'm, I'm never had so much success with a dog tracking. It, it is just unbelievable. Once you put him on a track, he, we actually got that wild thing that dogs have to hunt and pray and go in the wild and look for you know whatever food they want to eat, whatever animal we got that out of him and taught him to really hey, look at the disturbance on the ground look at this smell what's in the air and take me to the source of it and he'll go 10 15 30 45 minutes non-stop and now we're miles into it and he's on the track the whole time and we're finding everybody so we made a name for ourselves here with our county I mean, we have over a hundred tracks that he has found people. That's a lot, wow. a lot. That don't may not sound like a lot. No, no that's a lot. lot okay, yes. and he has about thirty apprehensions to where we encounter the subject, and you know, give commands, give up, and person either f- continues to flee or tries to assault an officer or fight the dog, and eventually Joker gets deployed. So he's amazing at this. So what started to happen in Bradley County? We're so close to Chattanooga. In Chattanooga, in the last few years, we had an issue, um, a gang problem. Mm. So the gang started really being predominant in that area, especially in the housing projects and that kind of stuff. So, what they started doing is they come to Bradley County because we're a smaller county and a lot of subdivisions, and people, so a lot of people that work in Chattanooga move to Bradley County, it's about 20 miles outside the city. Okay. Because it's nice, it's calmer and that kind of stuff. Well, they come at night in their vehicles and usually it's a stolen vehicle. Actually, every single time, really, (laughs) it's a stolen vehicle. And um, they come five, six deep in a car and most of them are career criminals, but they're young. And the reason is the gangs, and I'm sure you know this, the gangs started using the young kids that live there in the housing Offering them, you know, from women to drugs to money and rank within the gangs if they go do robberies, thefts, steal cars, Mm -hmm. bring guns to them, and do the drive-by shootings and actually murder people. Mm -hmm. So all this 14, all the way to 17-year-old kids know, hey, if we get caught, more than likely, okay, right here... You're going to go home with mom and dad. We won't be able to keep you in jail yeah. for more than a few days. And, and unfortunately, that's the ju- juvenile system that we have here in Tennessee. Since they've done a reform back in 2018, they wanted to really help the kids and encourage kids to go to school. So they lower all the laws and things for juveniles. So now we have a problem where we don't hold them anymore. Mm-hmm. We release them to the parents. So they found out, the gangs found out, listen. We'll send the kids, mm-hmm. they'll do all the work, bring us the money, the guns, and you know, we'll pay them little and and that's it. Anyhow, it started happening so often that we wake up in the morning, you know, I come in at seven o'clock in the morning from working day shift, and I say, I know. We got 20 burglaries, 30 burglaries in a neighborhood where they broke into vehicles, stole a few vehicles, guns. You know, here in Tennessee, you know, it, this is Tennessee. I'm sure she can tell you. Oh, yeah. Everybody got a gun. Oh so yeah, three in the car. I have one here, one there, one in the visor. I mean, you know. Yep. So they know that they and they even said they said Cleveland is like our Walmart for guns. We just go open a door and there'll be a gun in a car unlocked in a driveway. So. That's what started happening. So we became notorious for them coming over here. Well, the problem is, if you end up finding them in the middle of the night doing that, they're going to be armed. Mm -hmm. They committed robberies before, done drive-by shootings. They don't care about you, the citizens, safety and they'll shoot at you, they'll run from you, they'll wreck, they'll fight you, whatever it is, to get away. Because they get also, you know, hey, if they got away, mm-hmm. the gangs are like, oh, you're going to go up in rank now, you know? Like, you're even more notorious within the system. So it started happening too often. I got in um, several incidents where my got shot or mm-hmm. shot someone. But on this one particular night, um, I'm with Joker working, and a uh, call comes out of a... Uh, Several individuals with masks going through a, a neighborhood, breaking into cars. And this time, they're actually breaking the windows of the cars, which is kind of unusual. Usually, they go for unlocked cars because they don't want to give up, you know, that they're doing this in the middle of the night. They're just breaking windows of every car they can find. And the um, first officer that pulled up encountered them, and he almost got run over. He tries to They tried to run him over on a stolen Jeep. And uh, it was those Jeeps that got the, the the bad truck in the back of it, It's a four door Jeep. And it was six, six individuals. There were eight weapons between the six individuals in the car and they took off and a chase began and I encountered them and, and we went down I-75 towards Chattanooga, as a matter of fact, but right before Chattanooga, they jump off of an exit, exit 20 here in Bradley County and I'm chasing them. I'm trying to keep my space because from previous instances and what we know, you know you got to be careful they may shoot they might do that stuff and um they end up in the back of a dealership that the back lot of it hits a large wooded area and there's a few miles of woods back there That a lot of people go four-wheeling with their four-wheel drive trucks and, and and four-wheelers and that kind of stuff so we knew where we were at we've been there before familiar with the area so just stop right there and as as uh they took off running the woods i come out with joker like i usually do and i thought i'm about 150 yards away from them joker's gonna run take one down for sure
0: mm-hmm. and
2: i'm gonna run up on him we'll clear the car and that kind of stuff well what happened is well that day in particular we had uh, uh one new officer that had started about three days before with us he was solo and uh one season officer and one officer that probably been there three months and they came up and they actually not really thinking about it. They went in between my car oh, no. and the suspect car, Oh no. right in between. And when they done that, Joker, Joker had been deployed. We train all the time. There's a car, <laughs> Joker goes to the car. Well, the car goes right. Well, Joker follows the car. Now, what happens is it puts Joker back now behind, you know, the timing. The timing was wrong. He didn't go to the bad guys. He went right, probably another hundred yards. So I had to call him back. Well, by the time we get Joker back and now he goes, they had made it that, that thick wooded area in the dark about two o'clock in the morning. Mm. And um, he goes and I'm, I'm we've done this hundreds of times. He's going to go in those woods and within, surely it's dark. They don't know where they at. They're going to go about 15, 20 feet in those woods and they're going to stop or lay down and do something. I'm going to be cautious i'm gonna wait at the wood line once i hear joker got someone because it's very you know when joker has someone (laughs) and it (laughs) ain't joker making the noise (laughs) exactly so i stopped right there at the wood wood line and um i didn't hear nothing and i'm like what's happening and i thought how far did they get they couldn't get too far well apparently what happened was they kept running this These kids were running, okay? They, they left their shoes behind. I'm not even kidding. Their shoes were actually behind. And uh, they took off running up this hill in a wooded area, and Joker caught up to one of them. And apparently, it was a heck of a fight. He wouldn't let go. They kicked him. They punched him. They'd done several things they found out later through the vet because of all the bruising and everything happened to him. And then at one point, one of the kids shot him in the face, mm. right in the head. He went in right by his ear, it came out on the other side. Jeez. We heard it. It was right in front of us. We heard it. But again, it's miles of woods. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's just one guy, how many others are there. So it took me 24, 25 minutes mm. to actually go into the woods because we're waiting for backup. We're trying to get night vision or some thermals or a drone, anything we can find to go in those woods. But I don't know why... I know I'm calling Joker and he's not coming back. Mm. So all this is on our body cam. And I'll tell you that why I say that here in a minute. So we, I decide I'm going to go in those woods, but you got to remember, I can't see sometimes four feet in front of me because it's so thick. It's miles long. It's in the middle of the night. I don't know where people are. So it took a long time walking. And somehow you call it whatever you want to call it. In mm-hmm. the South, we call it divine yes. intervention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually walked up right through Joker. Now, how, if you watch the body cam and where I'm at and this and that, even the fact that I found that dog was something. But the minute that I walk up to him, as far as I knew and everything else, he was done. He was gone he was laying down you can tell there was some big struggle in the area he was in because of the leaves and everything else that happened the blood and what you would imagine with a crime scene there was somebody's clothing their shoes i could tell something had happened and uh immediately uh, one young man the marine that had been working for us three days solo he had been through our field training got released that week and was his third day as a solo and you know I'm panicking. I really am. I mean, this is my best friend. He's a family member. It's hard to explain to people, but that's that's the truth. Uh, uh, um, I'm beside myself, and um, I'm actually just to be blunt. I'm cussing at the woods that they shot my dog and killed my dog. And um, Brody is his name. Brody Ramstein. He just. One of those things, you know, those, the Marine on, in him, he just picks <laughs> up Joker and throws Joker on his shoulder. And I'm like, let's go. And we start running. Well, when he does that, I realize that Joker lifted his head up and I'm like, wait a minute, he's, he's not gone yet. So, you know, I immediately get on the radio and I'm telling dispatch, Hey, we're going to try to make our way out of this mess, wherever we're at and run back towards patrol cars or something. And we're running and I have a flashlight behind Brody. And Brody got Joker, but you know, there's so much blood already that was on the ground and what was coming from from Joker at that time on the back of, of, of the deputy. And I didn't think that would be anything that we could do. We end up getting him down to a patrol car. One of our officers that, as a matter of fact, I love this. He was involved in uh in a serious accident with injuries while on duty a few years back. So he's very cautious about driving. Well, he's the one that pulls up and has now the task of driving us to Chattanooga because at that point at 2 a.m. in Cleveland, there are no vets open. Wow. He has to put us in the back of his car and drive us down to Chattanooga. And he usually don't drive like, he drives like Miss Daisy, 45 (laughs) miles an hour and a 75. So, you know, I'm yelling at him and we call him Taco. Taco, come on, go, go. And this this guy is just, you know, and I got to give it to him, you know, Almost a phobia, right? Mm-hmm. And he's having to overcome it because of the situation. I'm in the back holding this dog, head falling and everything, you know, that's happening back there. And he drove me all the way to Chattanooga. And um, prior to me getting to Chattanooga, I start realizing that at the traffic lights, I see, and I got a little emotional this, and I'll tell you why. It, it's just a beautiful brotherhood that we have that sometimes we don't even realize, our dispatchers contacted Hamilton County to let them know what we had going on. Well, Hamilton County asked, where's the dog? What's happening? They're bringing it to Chattanooga. They made a decision to get every available emergency unit in the area and block all the lights for us. Awesome. So as we're going through Chattanooga in the city, every intersection is blocked. Wow. And I choke up a little bit because, guys, you have to yeah. understand oh, where yeah. I'm at. Absolutely. I'm holding my buddy here in the back, bleeding to death, yep. and I'm seeing all these officers holding traffic and everything else for me to get to the hospital with this dog quicker. So, I mean, it was an amazing sight to see. When I get there, there was about four or five uh, officers from two different agencies waiting to get the dog out and roll him inside. Wow! And we done that, put him inside. It didn't look good. Initially, they told me he had been shot twice in the head oh, and um my first thought you know um, my wife uh my wife heard the commotion during the night of what was going on uh, she she has a scanner at home you know i hate <laughs> that she does that but she does she 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 wants to keep up with stuff because she knows we get into a lot of trouble what sure. she says and um she was actually driving there so she was pulling in and she was going to be there with Joker, they're sedating him and all that kind of stuff. And I said, I know I got to go back. So I head back and again, the SWAT team had been called at that point. We go in the woods and by the time we get in the woods and start tracking them, they had come out on the next street over a few miles down where he comes out on another road, broke into a car and stole actually two cars. One had a weapon and took off towards Chattanooga. So we actually didn't catch them that night.
1: Did you have another and, canine there also yes. tracking now?
2: So we call, we have six canines in our sheriff's office, but that night in particular, when Hamilton County, our sister agency there in Chattanooga, uh, they came to back us up also, they brought their SWAT team with their dog. Okay. And there's a gentleman by the name of Andrew Voss. He's a medic, a canine, and he's a SWAT officer. He has one of the best tracking dogs in that area. And he brought his dog. So we went tracking with his dog for the suspect. But we located the house where they stole the vehicle, went in, and then the people realized, oh, our car is missing. And then we found out they were gone. But next morning, they were able to find the stolen vehicle and capture all six kids and that kind of stuff. But Joker, they told me that night, you know, um, I don't know the terminology, but is 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 uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it has to do with the volume of blood mm-hmm. that a canine has and for a shepherd he's supposed to be between 48 and 50 something if you if they give you a number that's the amount of blood well joker was like at 16. oh jeez so he had lost a lot of blood and uh, they said at 13 you pretty much you know well they couldn't contain the bleeding because he had internal bleeding and you cannot put a dog to sleep to do anything when there's not enough blood in their body, the volume of blood. So they couldn't even put him down and do anything for him. What? It was a matter of waiting. And they said, if he makes it, this is a Wednesday. If he can make it in about five days and his blood start, Jeez. you know, <laughs> there was nothing they could do for him, man, and, and other than maybe some pain meds and that kind of stuff. So that was heartbreaking. Sure. Uh, and not even an MRI, nothing, but... They could tell the, the damage that, that occurred. Uh, he couldn't stand up. He would fall on his side. And obviously, they had to put a, uh, a feeding tube on him. They had to tape his mouth and his jaw because it was completely apart and falling. And then put a cone. And then they put a catheter. And we would have to feed them uh, you know, as much as we could. But it was very little. It was syringes with soft food that is made yeah. specifically for feeding tube. And trying to do that stuff. It went on for about five days. But I remember that morning, you know, I went right back. Once we didn't locate the guys, I went right back to the vet, talked to them. They they said, look, he's done. I mean, this is it. You know, if he survives, um, he... He might be a pet at home, but he'll never go back to work. That's what they said. There's there's no way. There's, it's too much damage. You can see he falls down. His eyes, his hearing, you know, everything is done. Man. I said, I understand. I just want him to make it. You know, I mean, he's, he's a part of our family. He said, well, we're trying our best, but let's see what happens. So by Monday, I go back every day and they say, listen, he's still not getting better. Uh, we might have to make some decisions of either putting him down or, you know, in the near future if we wait if there's some healing maybe he can you know not be on a feeding tube what's the quality of life of a working dog or any right. dog really but especially a working dog that all he knows is movement and being out right. being on a feeding tube i mean that that wouldn't be fair it'd be selfish of of us doing it but you know my selfish side was saying you know i'll keep him on a feeding tube absolutely but I do it it was the thought of it but as days went on I remember in particular that morning when I got home after being at the vet the second time and going home. I remember stopping my car. Now, you gotta understand, seven years I had this dog, right? Yeah, oh yeah. I stopped in my driveway, and there's a routine, right? There's a routine. You put it in park, and the first thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, hey, Joker, let's go see mama you know i say mama he gets he changes is from you know i'm mr joker the celebrity to I'm mama's baby i don't talk to you anymore Dad. so I, you know so so i opened the door and i actually opened the back and i lost it sure that's when i lost it because i just realized something all those years of hard work all those stories that we had together it wasn't meant to end like this i always thought if we're gonna go we're gonna go together honestly i mean it's a thought that you have because we in so many things we get involved i always thought it will be the two of us and i just i lost it i I was i was bawling i was honestly crying at that point and i didn't have the courage to get out of the car i think i sat in the car probably an hour wow and um i get out and 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 well, after I opened the door, I sat back in the car because I was I was embarrassed to go in the house and see my kids, my family like this, the way that I was. I wasn't OK. I was not OK at that yeah. point. And um, that's how it was for 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 a while. And um, how, long obviously they, did,
1: how long ago did this happen?
2: One year next week on the 22nd of September of last year. So we got 12 days so basically
1: joker looked at the vet and said here hold my beer watch this
2: oh you have no idea so i I remember they they told us you know we're going to bring some people for a critical incident to talk to you and this and that and that's where you, you you know what you do is so important they brought some people out of chattanooga now i had done this before unfortunately i was involved in a shooting before and that kind of stuff and um, being through some of those situations with SWAT and some of the incidents, but this was different. This was very personal mm-hmm. to me, and they brought someone. And 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 you know what? Again, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a crier, but that day I did too. I, I mean, and it was good. It was good to talk about. It was good to let it out put it all there and they brought two gentlemen. One was a canine officer mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. he was still working, but no longer in a canine capacity. And one was uh, a gentleman that was involved. I don't know if you remember in Chattanooga, they had a terrorist mm-hmm. attack many years ago yes. and there were several people shot and killed and that yes. kind of stuff and officers. He was one of the gentlemen that, that was engaged and he was shot and everything. His best friend passed away at that, mm-hmm. that day. So, and they came and talked to us and it was wonderful, yep. wonderful to have people that, you learn did you go through this did you feel this that's how it. did your family feel did you were you upset at your wife sure. were you upset at your kids were you upset your neighbor for no reason yeah. for like <laughs> how, you know and it was so wonderful to talk that because i was like okay that's what i'm feeling and then he teaches you a way to cope with it mm-hmm. here are some things you can do here are some people you can call here's my number call me and man it was good for my marriage, it was good for my relationship with my kids. It was good for my relationship with my coworkers because I was ill. I was ill with some of them because they weren't supposed to cut me off and take my dog and my dog was supposed to be in front of me when it all happened, you know, and then that kind of stuff. And you got to let go and you got to understand. And so that's why when you guys reached out, I thought I even told, I told my spouse, I said, that is so wonderful that they do this because there's not many people that that's willing to do that and put their feelings out there and talk to people and, and help. So yeah. for me it was tremendous that it helped. And he continued. I talked to them a few more times and this and that. Good. And over the weeks that went by, um, Joker didn't necessarily get better in the sense that, you know, no healing, but the bleeding stopped. Mm-hmm. And they said, look, in about eight to twelve weeks, we'll do an MRI and see what the healing looks like. Well. They did, and they said, look, it's not looking good. Um, There's no healing. And uh, it's probably we're going to do one in another six, eight weeks. If there is no healing, you're going to have to make a decision because, you know, here, I'll tell you this, give you an example i would come home I, I had to go back to patrol obviously sure. right i had went back to patrol and now i'm alone in a car which oh, i haven't been alone in a car for years i i, I talked to him when somebody cuts me off i'm like did you see this lady <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know now i got nobody did you see the she, mom just called and she's mad at me because i didn't bring flowers that kind of stuff so you know i have a relationship with this dog he's oh, uh, yeah. uh, I, confining him sure so suddenly i don't have that and and and, and all that stuff and they keep telling me he doesn't look good, but I'm having to go home because every few hours, every four hours, you got to feed him. And I, I tell you this, it's horrible because it's 10 syringes, about eight inches long, about two inches wide, and you have to prepare the food. Sure. And then you have got to give it to him and it, it takes slow. a good hour, Yes. a good hour to do it. And then you got to clean it up and then three, four hours later, you got to do it again. Mm-hmm. four times a day and all the medication and everything else and you had to carry him outside because he falls his balance was completely off he couldn't even walk straight Jeez. and my luck was at the time he passed away a few months ago i had zeus a retired canine that we had zeus a 100 pounds german shepherd but he was at the end he had, was 15 years old and we had thought about joker before joker's incident of maybe letting him go but he would have good days and then really bad days but then he has like a good week when he's running around I'm like how can that be you're laying there no you know now you're jumping around licking on people okay so the selfish side's like well I see how far oh. i can go with him you know and give him a good quality well when joker came home and joker was hurt the most perfect thing happened joker's no longer running around like crazy and very hyper he's slower than zeus hmm. zeus would guide him out i couldn't take joker outside but every time zeus would get up he would actually follow zeus wow. right so you have to have a help even in the animal world sure. he <laughs> had somebody there for him that was helping him get up and walk him outside and use the restroom and he was the therapy he needed he would fall but he would get up because he was the pack leader okay. zeus was the pack leader he would fall so it's it, 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 in that metaphor that you know same thing that happened with me i needed somebody to guide me right. out mm-hmm. of it zeus was helping him out of it
1: and I have and, to say this to the audience that can't see, see Joker. You would never know this dog was like that at <laughs> any point because it's it's everything I can do when he sticks his head up mm. to not want to reach through the, the computer <laughs> and love on him because he looks so yeah, normal, he, happy, he, it, it's perfect.
2: A, it's amazing. So it was a process. You know, my wife ha- happens to be a nurse, and the only reason they released Joker to go home with us because he needed 24-hour care. It was because my wife actually to be a wound nurse. Wow. Care. She done the care. So she's used to all the stuff and how to do it, how to clean it up. So he, they said, look, instead of him be, being inside a cage 23 and a half hours a day, and we come here and because he can't go out and they can't take care of him. And of that, right. you know, he sure. stays in a crate. Why don't you take him home if you're telling me you can do it? So we had a, a schedule of who was going to do what. I was working midnight so i could come in at midnight and four in the morning she wake up at 8 in the morning she's doing it the morning feeding so it was a thing for months until we had the last one coming in and they they pretty much told me a week before look bring him in but ed kind of stop start thinking about if he's going to be on a feeding tube for the rest of his life you're gonna to have to make that decision okay i mean that's not fair so i understand if If he has a little bit of healing and maybe he can eat some food, we can amputate his bottom jaw. And apparently that's very common. They amputate the bottom jaw and maybe he can eat soft food for the rest of his life and have a good quality of life. Now, he's going to look funny, but, you know, they'll amputate the bottom jaw. Say, look, if that's what it takes, that's fine too, you know, but but I just don't want him to suffer. And I'm like, okay so we go for the last appointment and just like the other one all you do is you drop them off at nine in the morning Mm -hmm. say goodbye to your dog and you come get him in the afternoon because they hadn't put him to sleep and gotta wait several hours after the test pick him up but right as i drop him off this um, doctor that i had not met before she happened to be the one that uh, um, was gonna determine anything with joker she came out, she said, hey, before you leave, will you give me a few minutes with him? I said, absolutely. So I sit on a chair, she takes him inside, and I'm waiting and thinking, okay, what are we going to do? If he if he can eat, the beauty is my wife said her hospital will allow him to go in the hospital during the day as a service dog, so to speak, and she can keep him while I'm gone to Indiana to Vaughn Lake Kennels to get another dog because – had been several months and we needed to replace a dog so i was going to be gone four months my wife was going to take care of joker taking him to work with her they had allowed him to do that (laughs) yes so that was all said right we were we were okay this has happened because he one way or another he was retiring right i mean there was no going back well she comes back five minutes later and she has a glove on and she has food on it and she said i want to show you something and she said bring him in well this little caretaker brings joker in And he don't have the cone that he had for all those that time. He don't have the feeding tube and he don't have the worst part that I didn't taste the muzzle and the tape around him. That was horrible because he would pull it off and that jaw would drop because everything was broke and it was terrifying trying to put it back with my wife and tape it back up. So he didn't have it. And I'm like, oh, he's not supposed to be like that, man. (laughs) You took the tape off, you know, that's in my mind, but he starts eating now, it's messy, okay? He's just going for the food and he's going everywhere. She said, well, he has graduated to eating soft food. Wow. What? Yeah, he can eat soft food and uh, just be careful with the hole here for the feeding tube and that kind of stuff. And then she said a few more things concerning taking care of him and that. And she, and she turns to me and she says, and so, you know, just go and you can resume normal activities and, and I, I said, wait, I know we haven't talked before. Maybe we're talking about a different dog. But what do you mean with resume normal activities? She said, I mean, isn't he like a police dog, a drug dog? I said, yeah, yeah, he's up. A, he's a, well, I mean, yes, you can take it. I said, ma'am, listen, today, today's Wednesday. On Friday, Friday, we're having the official ceremony where Joker's going to get his purple heart, his canine purple heart. We're going to have a whole event. There's the media coming and this and that. He's retired. He's done. You guys said that I was probably going to have to put him to sleep on this visit. Well, yeah, that was before I saw him. Uh, apparently the eight, last eight weeks, I mean, he had a lot of healing. I wouldn't do any bite work right now, but you can go track and you can do go do narcotics with him. I said, no, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand. Are you sure you're We're a ready. doctor? Yeah, I, say, I almost didn't believe her. So I, I was, I got a little emotional there, and I go outside and I call my department. And I'm like, "You're not going to believe this," But they don't believe me. They want a letter from her saying that this happened because there's no way. Everybody knows it's been in the media for months. That he's done wow. that he may not survive. They would put updates in the media that was going national about Jokers doing worse. He didn't pass his stats and that test and that kind of stuff. <laughs> so for that to happen, was a myth. Well, come Friday, the sheriff didn't want nobody to know. Come Friday when we have the ceremony for him, he talks in the ceremony, talks about what happened today and everything that went on. And he announces, hey, as of next week. On the 22nd of December, which was exactly 90 days, uh, Joker will be returning to work with Deputy <laughs> Choke on um, patrol. And people are like, say what? <laughs> yeah, apparently this happened and this. So a few days later, we returned to work and uh, I'm driving around. With Joker, my first day, I'm terrified. Of course. Getting him him in and out of the car. I thought this is going to be a slow process. It's going to take me months. I'm going to make him, you know, absolutely. um, I'm not going to put him on any calls or anything like that. Because what if he's scared of cars or loud bangs or people? You know, we don't know. PTSD type of thing. Sure. First call I get is to assist our agency, the same one that had the Joker incident, uh, Cleveland City Police Department. They just had a vehicle flee and wreck at exit twenty. Oh no! In the same same place, same place where Joker got shot, and they had a bunch of people flee the car into the woods. Oh no! So it's also on body cam. So I'm driving there, and I'm going, what in the what are the odds of me on my first day or my first call with this dog on ninety days, September twenty second. December twenty second, 90 days later, I'm back with this dog and I pull up and they tell me, Hey, I don't know what happened. I don't know if this is a stolen vehicle, but a bunch of people left. There's some people hurt out here that's gonna to have to go to the hospital. Can you find these people? And I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know. So I thought, let me bring Joker out and see what he does. I, I don't know if he's gonna understand this. What if he's scared? Why well, bring him out and like Not a single day had gone by. He puts his (laughs) nose down, goes straight to that car to get the scent of the occupants or whatever, turns his nose and crosses the interstate and goes to a guardrail, jumps the guardrail, and I'm thinking... He's, he's not even, I mean, there's no, he's just dragging me. It's almost like it created even a more of a drive for him. <laughs> we go over a fence, end up going a quarter of a mile and located the people. And guess who was with me tracking the whole time because he was sent as a backup unit? Brody Rance The wow. same deputy that was there that night. <laughs> he was sent there to back me up and go in the woods with me. So it was almost like, it was incredible to think that I end up with the same guy in the same place to do the same thing on my first call after that dog comes back that wasn't supposed to come back. Now was this at you know, night so it
1: was, was it at night again or daytime
2: so This was in the day though this was in the day it was okay. in the afternoon it was I don't know if I could have done it at night I'm going to be honest with yeah, yeah. you I would have chicken yeah. out at that yep. point I, I, said, I don't think so guys I agree. <laughs> but,
1: I'll go in but, first and I'll call call Joker if I need him later
2: <laughs> Yeah. So that's the side of Joker right and what happened to him and and but what I didn't tell you that was happening on the what happening on the sideline was a week before Joker was shot I had another track, it was a long track, it was um, aggravated assault. It, it was, it looked like a murder scene when we showed up and the subject that committed the crime ran in the woods. And we tracked this guy for like 30 minutes in thick woods, got all cut up and when we encountered the guy, he ended up jumping on top of Joker and 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 using his body weight and his arm to, to kill Joker, essentially with his body weight and trying to choke him. And he was about 25 feet from me on a long lead. And I'm trying to crawl to get to them. And everybody's yelling, you're killing the dog. Stop eating the dog and this and that. And he won't. Long story short, uh, we end up capturing the guy. Joker fought him the whole time and got him. And I came home that day. And Joker was somewhat bruised. So was I. And we were all, I mean, Joker had blood all over him from this gentleman. From when he committed the crime, he was also bleeding. He wasn't from, from Joker specifically, even though he did get bit. But it was one of those things I came home, my wife said, you know what, if he would have done something to Joker, I mean, he would have been like, you know, it uh, uh, would have been like murder of a police officer or something like that. I said, well, actually, honey, state of Tennessee, it's a misdemeanor theft of property. Oh, so no. Like, what? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I would be so mad. That's Ooh. what she said. I'd be so mad if that happened. I'd be so upset. Well, here we go. Ten days later or so that happens. So when that happened, my wife was livid. <laughs> she went with The fact that we went to a misdemeanor, theft of property here in the state of Tennessee. But what I, what started to happen was, my son, he's only seventeen, but he does what they call dual enrollment. He goes to high school, but he is actually being in in college for two years doing a dual enrollment. That way, some of these kids, when they finish high school, they actually have a two year associate's degree. Okay. and he's his own criminal justice. He happens to be doing criminal justice class in his room on a Zoom meeting because of the whole COVID thing going on. And I hear him from, this is about five days after Joker was shot, five, six days, maybe a little bit longer. I hear him over there listening to someone talking about gangs and cribs and bloods and that kind of stuff. And I open the door and he kind of signals to me and says, hey, dad, hold on, I'm on a meeting, but you can't come in. And I walk in and his professor not knowing okay my son never told anybody that he was anything to do with joker that i was a police officer he never told anybody in his class his professor which happens to be a chattanooga retired police officer is telling everybody on the zoom meeting from college class about the joker incident and the gangs in chattanooga and i look at my son i said did you tell them it's like I got the muted. No, Dad, I didn't. I didn't say. They don't know about you and Joker. It's like no. So I said, you know, that might be a good conversation started for you to talk to them about, mm-hmm. you know, what actually went on and this and that. So he got a little courage. He doesn't like public speaking. <laughs> he got a little courage and he pressed a little button and he's, "Well, guys, actually, as a matter of fact, Joker is my dog," and everybody stops. Like, what do you mean? well, Joker is, you know, I got Joker here with me. As a matter of fact, my dad is his handler. And immediately all we got was love and support. Mm -hmm. And these people said, what can we do to help? And I said, well, listen, my wife is pretty upset about this, (laughs) so am I. But I'm having to take care of Joker and worry about that. She wants somebody to help her. And they said, we'll do it. So he's class decided we're gonna go ahead and fight for a change of law in Tennessee. So they started putting events where people go sign a petition on change.org and put stuff and call different agencies and sheriff's associations and the DA's office. And they got it all together with my wife. And next thing you know, this thing is going viral. We got a quarter of a million people supporting us, the news, and we got a senator and representative that decided we want this we want to take this to the capitol and see what happens and we went through every process and it was a long process and i learned a lot and then i get a call one day and say mr cho we need you to come to nashville because uh joker will be honored on the floor of the capitol he'll be the first dog <laughs> to ever walk the floor of the capitol and we're going to honor him with a joint resolution in front of the house wow. so i got to go to the capitol Walked that dog, all through the hallways <laughs> in Nashville. It was absolutely amazing. We got a standing ovation, walked in there, um, and did this wonderful thing where they presented him with a plaque. And forever in the history of Tennessee, there is a place at the Capitol that has a joint resolution honoring Joker and his service and what wow. he did and for, you know, supporting the law. So it wasn't long after that they ended up passing the law. And now it is a class D felony in the state of Tennessee to even, we didn't even have that. If you even kick or punch any way, shape or form, assault a police dog is automatically a class D felony punishable by many years, depending on, on the person. And also the value of the dog. If the dog is worth $25,000 actually jumps to a C felony in the state. So, you know, wonderful thing that happened. And then Fox, Fox out of um, um, New York picked up the story, and they came down here and they done a a, a story with Joker, and they have a program called um, uh, Hero Dogs, uh-huh. and uh, they on season five, and Joker's gonna be now. There's a thirty minute segment that's gonna be on Joker <laughs> and his story on Fox News. That's gonna come up. They said sometime this autumn, so we're we're, we're hoping soon about his story. So many has been. It has been amazing the support that we got from that day pulling up in my driveway and being absolutely devastated with everything and having people like you and people that love animals and are pro-law enforcement that decided, hey, we're going to make a change. A bunch of kids from a college kids, yeah. kids these days, you know, this I kids these them. days are not yeah. the same as we, I'm assuming you guys are a little older. Like I am. Oh, <laughs> honey, so, I'm
1: older than both of you put together.
2: <laughs> so. Don't believe it. I don't believe it. You're a Southern bell. So,
1: <laughs> I love this man. <laughs> but,
2: but it was wonderful. What has happened. And I got nothing but positive to say about what happened. And, and you know, I, 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 I had a lot of, of of you know, and, and I don't want to say the word hate, but discontent with those young men. Absolutely. You know, I was extremely upset. They got out of court yelling and cussing us and throwing gang signs. So many times we went back to court, they would violate orders and not get picked up because our system is so broken right now. But then something happened. And uh, the gentleman, the young man that shot Joker, actually was running from the police, I believe, on a stolen car. He committed another crime. And when he wrecked the car, he jumped from a bridge into a dry creek bed, thinking that there was water, and he broke his neck. And this young man is 16, and he's paralyzed for the rest of his life. He's having a really hard time. And my initial thing, you know, the human side of Mm -hmm. of us, go, oh, he deserved that. But the truth is, I don't feel like that inside. I'm, I'm not... I'm not like that. So I, I you know, I'm, I am I, I, just found out all this information not long ago. So my next step and what we want to do is we want to reach out to his mom and his family and, and, you know, and give them support, too, because, you know, he he sometimes a byproduct of things that happen in his life and growing up and this and that. And so, you know, everything that has happened has really uh, been a positive in my life, not only. You know, the exposure that the canine unit got and and the love that people put in for us and the changes that that we've been able to implement with our department from little things like. And I got it right here. I got a little GPS unit now that goes in the dog. Nice. We can see the dog 24 <laughs> hours a day where he goes. Never going to lose sight of him again. Right? So that kind of stuff. says, <laughs> yeah. dang, big brother's watching. I know. <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. Just like my son. Watch him everywhere he goes. Absolutely. So, but but he has been a wonderful, wonderful uh, experience for me. And, and And I grew a lot from it also.
1: How do you think Joker would respond if you took him to see that young man? Do you think he would have he's any a loving
2: dog. He would he would probably lick him to death. <laughs> he doesn't have a mean bone on him, you know. His was always it was always I never made our work to be aggression and violence. Sure. Our work whenever he does get to um uh, you know get an apprehension or whatever it's fun. Yeah. He gets a reward. We praise him and he's never aggression. He's fun. He's wagging his tail. So he has never been a thing where he goes. And I have met people that over the years that he has apprehended in the past and they come and pat him and, and love on him and say, I'm really sorry and that kind of stuff. So hmm. I, I don't think that would be an issue at all. And you know, that would actually be a, you know, a, a, a wonderful thing if I could do that. But again, it's kind of a touchy subject with sure. his family and this and that. Um, I'm going to try to approach them as as kind and loving as I can, but but I think he deserves a, a chance also. I know none of us are here to put charges and put people in jail and prison all the time. You know, maybe he'd be a great story to tell. Sure. Can you imagine him changing the young lives of exactly. young men that were going through what he was going through? That's all I can ask for. That's much better than him. I think he paid his price at this point. Yes. Yeah. You
1: know? I, I have to tell you, I, I moved from Alabama to Arizona 10 years ago because of the canines out here. I came out and spoke at what we call the Desert Dog Canine Trials in Scottsdale. Uh-huh. And it was such an amazing opportunity and experience. And I got back to Alabama, and it was a God thing, uh, and wound up huh? moving to Arizona about, well, that was yeah. end of March. I moved to Arizona June 14th, and one of my very first friends really and truly was a canine named Ranger with Avondale Police Department and his handler, Tony, and our very close, matter of fact, I officiated huh? his wedding. And, um, and but the hard part for me and and now having a shepherd, see, I couldn't deploy the dog. <laughs> I'd be like you sit here and I'm, I'm going to take care of this. <laughs> and and I used Oof. to laugh and tell Tony, if you get Ranger hurt, you're going to answer to me. <laughs> and Ranger retired. He did pass away recently, um, but he had a he had a great life. But it's just that's the part for me, because you are so close that canine handlers mm-hmm. are special people. Y'all like dogs more than people. And I have to say I'm right here. Yeah. I, I'm in that category with you.
2: <laughs> but I don't
1: think I could. You know,
2: people... people let me down a lot of times. Yes. You know, yes. they, they just no matter what they just love on me. I'm like I like you. Yeah.
1: Well, the, during the protest out here, they were all like, "Well, Susan's got Heidi," and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? I'll kill somebody if they come near my dog." <laughs> um, but that to me is the hard part because it is your partner, it is your best friend, mm-hmm. it's somebody you share everything with. Well, look how much time
0: uh, yeah. during the day that you spend with joker joker knows well you know <laughs> he think he about Edward this is,
2: like he, he knows that r- right now i'm Peter at work right mm-hmm. Exactly. I, i'm at work and i got him mm-hmm. my family don't have him they're 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 alone i come home i'm away from work i'm with my family but i still have him right it's 24 hours a day yeah you're sure. never alone so you imagine if you had your pet with you at work, everywhere right. you, are. I go to the restroom and he follows me. There. <laughs> oh yeah. At yeah. work, at work. So what I'm saying is, is, is a bond. Like I said, I never had a bond like this yeah. with an animal. It's almost like a marriage, you know. Mm-hmm. And he reads my personality. He knows when I'm upset, when I'm not. It's 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 incredible. And anything that happens to him is absolutely devastating. You know, oh, it's yeah. difficult to cope with.
0: Sure. Now I have to ask you. Yes. So that last appointment with the vet, the the lady vet, uh-huh. you know, when she brings Joker back into the room and she's feeding him, you said that it's a mess; his jaw's all messed up, and he goes back to work just a few days later. So how was his jaw? What did they
2: no, do? No, no. To... So, 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 I, I, when he was eating because he had been Tape with up. That, Tape uh, up. Uh, uh taped up with the muzzle, right? So that's the first time he's getting to move the jaw. So his timing, trying oh. to chew the food, was a mess. I mean, he's he's chewing it, but he's falling off his mouth. And I'm like, boy, he, his timing is horrible. You know, I tried to throw a little treat to him, and he hits him in the head because the mouth <laughs> opened in time. You know, and, and that's what it was. And that took a long time. Oh, and again, okay. she said, try not to use him for any bite, bite work, work or anything yeah. like that. And that's what we did. It, it was months until we realized he's getting back on the, on the bite sleeve. He's getting back on his toys and, and, and tug and that kind of stuff. So he took, it took several months. Now he's back. I think ever since he's been back, he already apprehended four people. Wow. For me. (laughs) yeah. So he's doing that again also. Yeah.
1: Any fallout from the, the shots to the brain, any?
2: So I thought initially that his vision was going to be bad. his hearing and all the stuff. I mean, he was right. By the year, and he went all the way across. Jeez. The only thing, and you had to really look closely. So, on his jaw, you know, a dog's jaw, you know, you've got upper and lower, um they're about the same size. A little bit, the lower jaw is a little bit back, farther mm-hmm. back. His jaw is about an inch farther back, the bottom jaw, than he was. Wow. And that's because that bone never grew the same way. And it was just about impossible to keep it steady in the position you need it to for the bone growth to right. be perfect. So his bottom jaw is definitely um a little bit shorter. You really have to look at it. Mm-hmm. Only when somebody tells you when I tell people like oh I see what you mean. I didn't notice it earlier. So he's a little buck teeth. That's what it is. You know he got he got that he's perfect for Tennessee here where I'm at. Perfect. <laughs> you know he's,
1: And I assume <laughs> during all that time that his mouth is taped shut. And the yes. muscles on you're having to keep him really cool and really cold oh, because he, was he can't. Pant. So
2: five, 5 minutes was the most we could go outside and do anything and then I would have to wet his mouth with a syringe with water every so often but constantly giving him water throughout the day even between the 4 hour feedings uh-huh. you have to be there every hour and give him water because they need a lot of water. So it was, it was uh, being honest being able with to you. can not pant, you oh,
1: know, no. that's how a dog no, cools no, and, themselves. Exactly, and... exactly. Exact. Wow. I'm glad
2: you said that. I'm glad you know that because you don't understand how important that is for a dog. Yes. Right. Right? And how he couldn't do that. And that was, you know, one of the issues they had with him long-term, if nothing could be done for him also, and having to be on a feeding tube, They said the most you're ever going to get is five minutes outside, and he's got to go sit <sighs> inside.
1: Well, he had different plans, apparently. Yeah, he did. So, and, ain't that right?
2: I say ain't. See that? I say ain't. Look That's at you. It. See, ain't it? Yeah. That's on that book, I'm sure. <laughs> Look at that
1: Southern coming out in this boy <laughs> <way> from Brazil.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I tell you, that is quite a story, and I do think I remember hearing about this, because anything that comes up in the South, I tend to really tune in, because I've trained so many officers, especially in the Southeastern region. Um, but I do remember... Uh, the canine story. I just don't think I ever knew what the outcome was. And boy, like I said, to look at him, you just go, hey, that that dog, he's just a regular canine who hadn't been through hell and back. Right. And mm-hmm. they, are, they are definitely amazing dogs. And how long do you anticipate him working?
2: So, you know, usually uh, the average, you work them about eight years old. Some work 9, 10. You know, I thought... <laughs> Back in April, we had to go ahead and recertify it. And I thought, we'll see how this goes. Well, he did wonderful. And ever since then, everyone will tell you, he's getting actually better. He's seasoned, <laughs> you know, and he's getting better. And and we don't know what to do because uh, he's not showing any signs, any signs of slowing down or any hip dysplasia. Anything that would you would consider, hey, he done his job. It's the opposite he wants out of the front door into this car if i go get mail he'll be sitting beside the door of the car like let's go what are we doing god forbid i pick up my uniform and my duty belt inside oh that's not that done deal we're going aren't we let's go so I, I honestly uh um i honestly think we can probably do another year and a half or so with him if he continues like this sir sure. you know i'll leave it up to him i'm not gonna push him i just but he's so happy so how much he, so he <laughs> how much time does he have on the job now so he came to us when he was about a year something so six years, six wow. years. and when how long do you have before you retire oh boy so we're talking about tennessee right where yeah. teachers and law enforcement make less than anybody else and had the worst of retirement plans. yes Uh Probably in sixty-two, <laughs> probably probably around there. Yeah, I was so gonna say he may be job. planning
1: and waiting for you, and he'll go with you when you go. I, you know. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I I don't do it for the money. I really don't. I do it. I you know, growing up in a third world country and and uh, um seeing everything that we suffered through down there back in the days, and you know, we didn't have a whole lot with my mom uh, growing up. My 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 later years, and uh, being able to come back here and and have this country just provide so much it's such a blessing I thought I' want to give it back in any way shape or form money's wonderful I have three children I have one daughter that's now in law school she graduated from college got four years and now he's in law school another one wants to be a nurse and my son doing the criminal justice going to have a associates I'm very blessed but I love this job I love doing this uh, uh money's not everything and yeah. sometimes you get a calling and I'm sure you know that. Right you do it because Boy, it's almost I. like a hobby. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, it's, when it's you not, say nonprofit, not... it's a nonprofit. <laughs> it,
2: exactly. So so I'm I'm blessed doing what I'm doing. Would I like to make more? Absolutely. Sure. But but I'm I'm happy doing this and and retirement. I know I'm getting older. I I hope I can retire one day you know maybe with him like you said
1: well you're in a beautiful part of the state i i have to tell you that's gorgeous between knoxville and chattanooga i don't know if you went Mm -hmm. through there on your on your four-week vacation you took (laughs) a while back um but it that to me is one of the prettiest parts you get into upper south carolina upper georgia southern tennessee you're in a beautiful area it's gorgeous it's got
2: all four seasons and where are you guys in phoenix are you in phoenix
1: we're east of phoenix in mesa
2: okay um okay my brother lived in phoenix i went to visit him a a few years back how do you do it it was like I couldn't step out over here, you know. We're barefoot, all right. Bare... My true. wife couldn't be barefoot. She couldn't. Alabama girl can't live over there in barefoot. <laughs> Burn her toes. You
1: must have been here in the summer, is all I can say. Yes, then. we
2: were. It was yeah. July. We oh, went to yeah. die. Yes, yeah.
1: was... come out between October and May, and honestly and truthfully, I absolutely love it, and I'm I'm a southerner at yeah. heart. But the no humidity, I don't run air conditioning, I don't run heat, I don't run anything. Oh, uh, see,
2: now you're talking Brazil weather, right there. I like <laughs> that. Yeah, you,
1: you need to come back in the, in the good months, which there is you go. October to May. It's absolutely amazing out here. That's but, wonderful.
2: But you are. Maybe you a, put a class and I'll come, yes. come come to your class there.
1: I think we need him as a stress I, well, that's coach. That's what I
2: was thinking, too. I
1: think you need to come be a stress coach with us because.
2: A stress coach. Absolutely. I like that.
1: Yeah, that's what we provide here. We don't call it counseling. It's stress coaching and we're not that's, mandated reporters. That makes reporters. sense, doesn't it? Yes.
2: That makes sense. Some people are embarrassed of the word, you know, therapy and counseling and right. this and that. Yeah, we I make, just don't want to talk to some folks. I want to talk to some good folk out there. That's it.
1: Well, you're more Southern than yeah. you give yourself credit, my friend.
2: I listen to my guys here. You know?
1: Yeah, you're making me homesick, Eduardo. You really are.
2: Uh, we got cornbread here. You can I come say, anytime. Ah, you now go. you're really
1: making me homesick. But I tell you, we, we can't thank you and, and Joker enough for taking time out of your busy schedules and crazy days and it's just so good to see the state he's in and how yeah. you have worked through that because that would be a really that would be a traumatic event to have your dog, your partner, right. your best friend in that situation Probably. and to have him turn around like that. What a right. miracle.
0: You both went through a a lot yes you know just and then on the healing side of it was amazing for both you and Joker. It's a miracle <laughs> you know
1: absolute miracle. Yeah. And that's what we're, you know, we are big believers here at Under the Shield that uh, we we may not see the way it's going to work, but God's got a different plan. Exactly. He's still exactly. on the throne. Yes. And uh, we, exactly.
2: I'm glad you said that. That's the way we see it here also. You yeah, know, we, it's the, we, we just, count on that. We, we don't have control over everything. That's right.
1: And so Joker needs to get a few more treats today.
2: Oh, yeah, I've got a whole bag here. Uh, <laughs> sponsored by Under the Shield right here. Yeah.
1: We, we will send, we will send, what's his favorite kind? And we'll send him a bag.
2: Thank you. Listen, it has been an honor. Thank you so much for inviting me. What a great opportunity. I love talking to you guys. It's wonderful. And I'll be glad to, if you ever need anything, please contact me and uh, I'll be glad to help you even. You know share my story with someone else sure. you know I, I don't know why it happened and why it went this way but uh if he can help anyone else I'm, i'll be glad to do it
1: we know there's healing and helping others that's that's kind of the motto here at under the mm-hmm. shield that uh you know maslow's hierarchy of needs always topped out at self-actualization someone added a new one to the top of transcendence and that's when you get to a better place you reach down and help someone else that's what our whole philosophy is here it's biblically yep. sound and yep. I'd, I'd like to do a follow-up uh, on on Joker. Don't don't let him retire on us anytime soon. We need to we need gotcha. to get back gotcha. in here, and and we will certainly be in touch because I'm in that part of the country uh, at least a couple of times a year usually. And maybe we can please get do. a training, training going over there. Tell your yeah. sheriff, thank you for we will. Please do. Uh,
2: we've we'll, 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 we'll got a facility here. If you ever need to use it, anything, we'd be glad to help
1: you. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we need to get a patch from you if we can get uh, a patch sent to us. We um, Right there.
2: I got you one. Right <laughs> there you there. go. <laughs> yeah, we
1: don't, we don't put patches up here in the office unless we've directly dealt with the departments. And um, so we'll be in touch with you, and let's see if we can't work something out about yeah. coming to that part of of the world again and doing a doing a training there. That'd be amazing.
2: That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful.
1: I got to come love on Joker. That's what this is all <laughs> yes, about. Yeah, uh, I just like, want to come yeah. love him. That's all I want to do. <laughs> well, Eduardo, thank you very much for what you do. Um, for those of you listening you. here, we really appreciate our first responders, our military, and. And especially their families, we thank you for the sacrifices you make. The families make huge sacrifices and are not recognized enough. Uh, lived it, been there, done that. And if you need help on anything, uh, there's nothing at Under the Shield we don't deal with. Uh, give us a call. Our toll free anonymous number is 855 889 2348. If you hit extension one, uh, we won't even have your phone number, so if you get disconnected from us, you got to call us back. We're not a referral source; we handle everything. If you want to talk to law enforcement, you want to talk to fire dispatch, detention, corrections, uh, you let us know. And if we're not in, if that's not my area or it's not Tom's area, we'll get you to one of our stress coaches that cover those specific things. We try to take this to the co- uh, lowest common denominator. And families, that goes for you as well. We have spouses trained. We have mothers. Uh, our own Chris Ferrar that was uh, killed in the line of duty April a year ago. His mom is now one of our stress coaches. She handles all of our fundraising. Uh, Linda will be more than happy to talk to you. It's a, it's a difficult play to place. I'm the mom of a Marine, uh, and that's a unique role in itself also. <laughs> um, but my cell number, if you want to reach out to me directly, is 334 324-3570.
0: And my cell phone number is 480 861 6574.
1: And again, thank you for the sacrifices all of you make. Uh, remember, Sunday is the 21st anniversary of 9 11. Uh, please keep NYPD and all FDNY and all the families and first responders up there in your prayers. We can never, ever forget that date. No. Ever. Uh, I think this country needs to be reminded of it a little more often. And uh, give us a call here if we can do anything for you. God bless you. God bless your families and this great nation that we live in. Take care and stay safe. See you next week.